Welcome to another episode of From Another Zero. I am Alejandra Enciso Dardashti, recording from the Tijuana-San Diego border. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whichever the time that you are taking to listen to us right now, again, thank you so much. Our guest today is Tony Uribe from Baja Wine Tours to Marketing and Pocho Socialite, wonderful business ventures that he has and that we are going to be discussing during the episode as well as being bicultural, binational, Mexican and American and crossing the Tijuana-San Diego border for work, for life, for miscellaneous purposes. We're going to be talking about all that wonderful stuff. I am excited to share this conversation with you. It's a good one. We're going to be talking a lot about wine, equality, and doing business, being an entrepreneur during the pandemic. So fun stuff. <laughs> Your kind reminder to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at from another zero zero with number. Facebook from another zero zero with number. We started out as a blog from another zero.com zero with number and we have our YouTube channel where we upload each episode of this podcast once they drop a week or so after we upload the Zoom video call so you can check it out and we do it raw where there is no editing and it's just how it happens. This is from another zero. Here we go. Tony, hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Well, I'm good. How about you? Very happy to have you and from another zero. Welcome, welcome. Is this tu casa? Oh, thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias. I'm honored to be here. Honestly, I was so nervous when you're like, you should be on the show. I was like, I would love to. And I, I am very happy to be here. Thank you again for having me on. And yes. Like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Listen, everybody, literally, listen. <laughs> they don't have I'm, I'm, I know, right? I'm very happy to have Tony, Tony Uribe, on the podcast because he is binational, like myself. <laughs> we are border beings. And I love it because he has, um, you should you follow him if you don't follow him already on Instagram. He has this <laughs> a border blab episode. <laughs> yeah. So he's, doing the line to cross the border he does a video with all the safety measures of course yeah, <laughs> and yeah i know people always say what are you doing i know driving yourself in. in the car and i'm like well you clearly have never been in wait waiting at the border because you're you're exactly. basically crawling you don't go more than five miles an hour you know exactly that was a border fun line. little pandemic find i used to actually do those on like periscope and other live platforms but then I decided during the pandemic to start putting it on IGTV so yeah it streams on my Instagram I'm at Tony Yu and every once in a while maybe weekly I'll log in from the border and kind of give you an update on all things you know Southern California Baja California but mostly things that are happening in my head and the things that I'm seeing and then I, I just reflect on on life and people seem to be very really enjoying them I get a lot of positive feedback you and do. questions and yeah a lot of engagement from people that I didn't even realize were watching them and I don't have a huge following but I look at the numbers and the reach and and like more people than I ever it's, imagined it's good watching yeah yeah I wish I had that those views when I upload a video <laughs> you Pay do attention. you will <laughs> of course <laughs> so let's let's start uh from the beginning so Tony Uribe is 
a marketing expert extraordinaire. <laughs> you think so, huh? <laughs> I do. With different uh, business ventures. One is Baja Wine Tour, which is yes. a curated mm -hmm. tour to Guadalupe Valley or Valle de Guadalupe. Uh, which is right. wine country for people who don't know in Baja California or Baja, like people say, we have wine. Very good indeed. wine, indeed. Delicious so, wines. If you come over here or are around here, this is something that you have to do, first of all. Second, you have Pocho Socialite. Uh-huh, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, and then you have tú, as in you in Spanish, tú. No, it's not you, it's yours. Yours, yeah. Yours, <laughs> Yours, do uh, marketing. So that's do marketing. Also, yes. So let's start with Baja Wine Tours. What sure. is that? How did that come about? How long have you been doing it? And during pandemic times. Oh, yeah. Hey, Craig. And <laughs> so California, that they bring us in and out, bring us in and out, because we I don't know. know how to behave. <laughs> we don't. As a whole, collectively, we need a get our things together and, we're and grounded so focus so that we can start having fun like you know we're used to um yeah, time out <laughs> i know i feel like that you know i seen the i saw the meme about everybody going out to teresa's except for us <laughs> we're still inside we wondering when they're gonna let us go yeah we need to behave um well thank you for asking baja wine tour is a brainchild of me and my little sister as we were trying to support a nonprofit that we love and believe in one of my mom's best friends i call her my tia has a nonprofit here in south bay in the south bay of san diego that helps women affected by cancer families affected by cancer they used to help breast cancer it was breast cancer awareness and support but they morphed into something that's a little bit more inclusive and helps anybody affected by any kinds of cancer so it was kind of like our thing that we would put together some kind of fundraiser raffles we did bar takeovers during the month of october so that was kind of like what we used to do before baja wine tour just for fun to be helpful in the community and one year we decided to do a tour into valle de guadalupe so i got together with uh wine tour company in Mexico and kind of made it all happen, sold them the idea of what we do and how we want to do it. And of course, tourism in Mexico has been around forever. So it was really nothing new, but I think something like this, where we donated all of our proceeds to a nonprofit was definitely something new. So it was really fun for the nonprofit supporters. It was amazing for the uh, winery owners. Basically everyone left that day feeling happy. We sold out our 55 passenger charter bus. People bought up tons of wine, had a really good time, ate some lobster in Puerto Nuevo on the way oh, home. Like That's it was, also a must, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's basically an all-inclusive day where proceeds go to support a nonprofit. So that's how we initiated in 2015, shortly after uh, another friend of ours, who actually you know, has a theater nonprofit, and we help support um, <laughs> that nonprofit as well. So I guess... I'm really comfortable supporting, you know, health, the arts, education, and we recently included equality. So those are kind of our, that our goal was to do quarterly tours at that scale with 55 passengers. We got into a really good rhythm. And then in 2018, two years ago, feels like a lot longer now, um, we started doing private tours because the people who were on those large buses were like, I want to do this again, but I want to do this with my, you know, with my with my coworkers, or I want to do this with my friends or just a group of, uh, I don't know, like a birthday, whatever. So, so we started doing that. And those were groups of like anywhere from six to 14 people. So as time progresses, we start getting more and more 
into smaller, more private and more intimate experiences. And my, ex my relationships with Baja and I should say Baja service providers and chefs and winemakers gets better and better. So we're able to curate these experiences. People always ask me, who's your competition? And really like, we don't, I'm not aware of anybody who's doing anything like we're doing, you know, just because they're so personalized and so special. So that's where we are now, or that's where we were earlier this year. <laughs> but then, well, okay, let's, let's go piece by piece. So you say your relationships with the winemakers and the chefs for people who've never been over here or are here and never been <laughs> right. two separate types of audiences. The, the, there's also really good cuisine. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So I think winemaking in Valle has been going on for generations now, but as of recently, you know, maybe just a decade ago, top chefs started coming into Valle and started putting in their, their restaurants and, and opening because basically wherever there's good wine, there's going to be good food. I don't mm -hmm. know if that makes sense to you. And totally. <laughs> Ensenada. <laughs> but soil, so good veggies, right. good everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The soil. And not just that there, it's a port town, you know, Ensenada is right next door. And so there's a lot of fresh mariscos, fresh seafood, and there's a lot of really delicious Baja Med cuisine that's mm -hmm. really unique to the area. And, you know, you can see these, what is it called? What is that show called? Uh, chef's table type experiences, you know, where you're going into these awesome rustic wineries and restaurants and you get served these just like top notch dishes mm -hmm. and they come one after the other after the other and so Ugh, you can sit there and just eat yeah. and drink all night all day and drink um, exactly because you drink yeah, exactly drink. yes <laughs> yeah so so if you've never heard of Valle de Guadalupe you definitely make it a point to look it up and and yeah. if you're able to cross down now which Mexico is one of the only places that Americans can go to with their passport. Dude, uh, you know, behavior again. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so again. Bad. But Mexico you know. is um, is open, and Valle de Guadalupe is open. They're taking all the proper precautions, yeah. um, and being safe. Everything is being like there's just it's so impressive. Honestly, I I I'm currently living in Rosarito, Mexico, which is somewhere between Valle and San Diego. But it's just so impressive to me how Mexico's handling this entire situation mm -hmm. and when I have clients down here or friends or anybody who's visiting they're like wow I can't believe that they're doing all of that just to let us into you know blank or, exactly. or whatever yeah because also Baja California and Tijuana being the most crossed border in the world mm -hmm. tourism is a big deal to us and just right. the back and forth exchange is a big monetary exchange so right in we don't want to mess it up and we want to keep getting the money, you know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard because sometimes we need to say it too. I feel sometimes people go down there and party a little bit too hard and also not take the necessary precautions, you know, wearing a mask, keeping your distance, doing that and, and think that again, going back to the recess, it's like this big <laughs> playground, you know, where anything goes and it's not that way at all. So also, no. And I think that that's yeah. a really popular like mindset or mind frame, or I should say it's, it's an erroneous like way of looking at what partying in Tijuana used to be, for example, you know, you exactly. think, oh, there's the donkeys and tequila. Yeah. Like that used to happen in the nineties. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> during this time frame, it's really difficult to get away with you know, we're going to lawless Mexico. It's definitely not a lawless country. And when you're 
there as a guest, it's easy for them to remind you that, you know, there is rules and there is there are protocols in place for your safety and the safety of everyone else. So luckily, I haven't seen any, you know, crazy Americans coming down and making a fool of themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy to, to know that the people that are finding their way down are very respectful, mm-hmm. are wine connoisseurs, they're travelers, they're people who, I think that the term I'm hearing a lot right now is I just need to get away, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I needed to get break. away from yeah. it all. I, yeah, clearly like there is nowhere to enjoy yourself outdoors in the United States or in California, Southern California at the moment. They keep, things keep changing progressively. They get better, they get worse, they get better, they get worse. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a quick 20 minute drive South from, from, you know, downtown is the border. Of course, the border has its own issues now. And I would say if you are a trusted traveler, so if you have Sentry or Global Entry, like now is the time to take advantage. Now, yes. (laughs) There is very few tourists and very few Americans. And it's just such an amazing experience. It is. It's, it's, It's really cool. And also the drive down there it's just so beautiful, so Instagram worthy. <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> yeah. also a win. Tell me, because I know that when pandemic started, and I was like, oh my god, like to all of us that make a living out of tourism or the performing arts, <laughs> uh, everything was like done. But you came up with a virtual type of tour, yeah, um, yeah, for Baja Wine. So uh, how mm-hmm. how's that going, or how did that do, or what 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 was it? It was a crazy idea that I just thought, you know, we were <laughs> supposed to have one of our Baja wine tours for a cause. That's what we call the the quarterly ones that we donate the proceeds from. But it got postponed or canceled at this point, you know, because we were just like, we don't know what to do. So we had to issue all of the refunds. You know, we lost a lot of our deposits and whatnot. So I, I'm like, as a small business owner, I'm like, how am I going to get through this? And it just occurred to me, well, why don't we give them a virtual experience? And basically what I did is I launched a virtual Baja wine tour where on the back end, it was much, much like one of these zoom calls, you know, a webinar, but I was able to get two of my favorite winemakers on our virtual wine tour and people were able to sign up for free and basically also had the opportunity to get those wines delivered to their home in San Diego or Southern California. So, I mean, really, we just announced it on our social media channels and on our email newsletter. And we had what equated to a full bus. So 53 participants ended up showing up and staying. great. Yeah, I was blown away. And not just that they showed up, but that they stayed for the entire duration of the tour, which was about 50 minutes long, um, where we were able to talk a little bit about, you know, our history, um, showcase our winemakers. So Chris from the Chusa and Lulu from Bruma, who are doing amazing things down there, both women winemakers you know who are just blowing crazy like they're they're definitely raising the level of wines in in Valle de Guadalupe and they were on there talking and taking questions and people were able to connect live on the chat and it was a lot of fun honestly (laughs) yeah fortunately nobody got too drunk not that I know know about um, but we did have a lot of people posting, you know, their their wine picks and their That's setup awesome. at home as they were staying at home isolated. And I feel like I'm going to have to do another one of those coming up real soon. So yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's needed. And it is. And I know that people are starting to get zoomed out, you know, and everyone's totally. kind of over like connecting online talk about the zoom fatigue in this podcast uh, every episode (laughs) yeah right Um, but i figure that you know 
when there's an opportunity to learn about the wine region, the wineries, and drink those wines direct in your home, it's, it's something a little different for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. just getting drunk with your friends from college on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a purpose. And, and for me, I'm just grateful that they're, you know, that people are open to allowing me into their, their virtual settings, you know, in their living rooms where we can mm-hmm. share some wine and have a good time for a few minutes or for an hour. Yeah, that's cool. And you can use that as your starter kit or whatever to then do the on-site thing. Absolutely. Not, so that was right? on the strategy side. I mean, my, my background is in marketing. So that was my goal was like, how do we stay top of mind? How do we continue to tell people that we exist, that we're here? Mm-hmm. And that Valle de Guadalupe did not stop, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wine production. It wine was production. Like- yeah, like a ghost town in the, in the first couple of months. Yeah, people yeah. were like, please no, it, don't. <laughs> obviously, it was a ghost town and it was, it was literally closed off to tourists, but the work was still there and the production, the product was still there. So I wanted to do my part and just show that, you know, we can still support these winemakers and these wineries. And, and it was fun. Honestly, I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of challenges. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of learning about wines and, and getting wines from Valle de Guadalupe to the United States is super difficult. It's such a process. There's a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of policy and a lot of challenges just in general. When I take you down in person, you're able to bring back wine with yourself up to a liter per person. But when we're doing a virtual thing and you want one of each bottles, (laughs) it became a challenge. And, you know, luckily I, I made the right relationships again and got pointed in the right way and, and linked up with an awesome distributor who helped me through the entire process and we were able to get people wine basically next day. So it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So again, like this is going to happen again. If, if I can plug Baja wine tour, follow us on Instagram, Baja wine tour. Plug away, my friend, plug away. That's what (laughs) the platform is for. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. And and hopefully, you know, you get to join us. Yeah, exactly. Consider my RSVP (laughs) as of now, (laughs) because and also, I've been telling, guys, I've been telling Tony forever, like, oh, I'm going to do a tour with you. I'm going to do a tour with you. And it hasn't happened. My husband's always like, we need to get down there because I'm so bad with directions and just like orientation in general. <laughs> I'm so bad. My friends are like, you are from Tijuana and you don't know your way around. You're such like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm flawed. <laughs> That, that's you just have to my, get lost. My, the more you get lost, the easier it gets to be lost, I and the easier it is get lost. to find oh, your way around, right? <laughs> he's a fan of this cart, um, La Guerrerense, which is so famous in, in oh. and Anthony Bourdain loved it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So the I marisco him, spot, right? Yes, I took him mm-hmm. it's a seafood cart that's like you know four by four, but it's so famous. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, well, you know. I don't know if you saw this, but we, we, during the pandemic, launched a new service called Valle Concierge, and it's meant for people who are not really interested in taking a full tour just yet, yeah. um, or don't want to mix, you know, their friends, maybe it's just for small groups or dates, where hey. it's a, basically a DIY service. You let us know what you want to do, and we put together your entire day and book everything for you. So right now, everything is by reservations only. And we're able to get you reservations into those wineries and exclusive Oh my dinners. God. You just yeah. shut up. 
And all you got to do is, is click the, the things on your phone that we send you a PDF with, you know, pictures and directions and you touch it and it opens your Google maps and it shows you how to get there and how long it's going to take. So <laughs> that's listen our up, newest, people. yeah, that's listen our newest up, offering. There you go. <laughs> Calling it Valle Concierge and we're doing our best to help you get the best of Valle de Guadalupe, even during this pandemic. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Thank take you. Take advantage of this because we need these types of tours right now. Yeah. yeah. So and speaking of wine, um, before we go on to Pocho Socialite, that that's also awesome. I think it's, it's awesome and more people need to know about it. Um, <laughs> I was telling you before we started the recording that there's this whole hullabaloo about Cameron Diaz that she launched a new wine. And I think it, it's, it's always like that, like with supplements and stuff, when a celebrity puts endorses name, it, exactly. They endorse something. She says that she did it with her husband and it's something that this health venture that she went on and she's talking on and on about um, how this wine is clean <laughs> and healthy and most people would think that wine is clean and healthy, right? And um, she got slammed by like the Washington Post and I think the San Francisco Chronicle, San Francisco big wine town as well. Right. Because they said this is, you know, rubbish. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not true. So um, you, you doing uh, business with wine, how, um, I don't want to get too into it, but just... I don't know, guide people. Yeah, you guide know. people. Yeah. <laughs> Wine is really subjective. Just like, I guess that headline could be misconstrued, right? I think there are yes. many ways to interpret healthy. Yeah. That's <laughs> what the, yeah, that's what they said. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, ways and processes that I've learned in my five years in Valle, growing growing grapes in ways that are, you know, more efficient, in ways that, you know, take advantage of the natural nutrients in the soils and the kind of fertilizers and the kind of watering and the kind of pesticides. Like there's a lot of different things that go into the harvesting, the production of the grapes and the making of your wine. One of my favorite new things that I've learned about is called biodynamic. Is that what it is? Yeah. Biodynamic farming. Sorry. Which actually but, is like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like one step up of an above organic, I would say. Like uh -huh. they are certified organic, but this new way of doing it, actually, it's not even new, it's old. It's like an old German style of farming that's similar to, I can't remember the guy, but you know, like the Montessori school systems, there's okay. basically a guy who did the same thing, but in Germany, I can't remember his name. And I'm all, I'm trying to regurgitate information that I learned from one of the winemakers recently, but it's just a fascinating process that again, they, they do everything naturally. Like there's nothing and it, it sounds really like hocus pocus when, when it comes down to it. Like they take the horns of a cow and they fill it with crushed ground quartz and then they put it into the fertilizer. And like, it's all very calculated and it's all very natural. And the product that they're making is exquisite. Like it's just amazing wine. I take people who know wine there, the wine connoisseurs, and they're just like six of those bottles, three of those. And, yeah. and so like, I can't say everything in moderation, right? <laughs> but I can't say that that uh, strictly wine only diet is going to be healthy for anyone. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's, 
the organic, the natural wines, and this biodynamic growing process is something that has really captured my attention in the last few months and something that I'm kind of paying attention to and recommending to others. And when you come down, you can taste it for yourself and tell me what you think of it or how it makes you feel. Yeah, I, I will make sure of that and make a blog post about it or even <laughs> it here on the podcast, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like with everything, the more commercial it is, I think the more ingredients it has and right. the more, you know, grassroots or local or whatever, the less ingredients and stuff. Right. And that's one of the awesome things about Valle de Guadalupe is that there really isn't like huge commercial wineries with the exception of one that's like the oldest 90 year old factory that's been making wine forever and exporting forever you know you go there and it's a really impressive operation but everyone else you know there's almost 200 other wineries and they're small mom and pa shops mm -hmm. you know that are they literally live on site and they're working the fields with their team year round so they get to control a lot of the process, all of the process, I should say, guided by some of the most talented winemakers that, that are out there. So yeah, smaller is better. I think that's my whole concept with Baja Wine Tour and with everything that I do is like, you want quality and there's no need to mass produce, at least in my eyes, like commercialization comes with a lot of opportunity, but also with a lot of like challenges and, and negative things to our environment. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Totally. Exactly. That's the other thing, the environment. I totally agree. Let me, um, I want, I'm looking here because also follow Tony on Instagram, on Instagram, on Instagram. Yes. But on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> because yeah. on Twitter, he tweets a lot of wine stuff and yeah. that's cool also. So you can learn more. And you said that the other thing that you were like the other layer for your tours was equality. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So I think yeah. just being a brown person, a person of color, it's easy for for me and for others in our country to be overlooked. So when people think of good wines, they don't think of Mexico, you know, they think of That's what other, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I, you know, I'm like, regions. dude, we have like the best wine. <laughs> uh, yeah, our wines are they're they're good. There's there's a big diversity of wines and winemakers down in Valle de Guadalupe and the top wines from the region can, comp can compete with the top wines from any other region, including Napa or, or Spain. Obviously, there's, there's differences in, in the processes and, and the way the grapes taste because of where they're from, but they're good. They're good, good wines, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be thought of. And I say we, like I'm, I'm in Mexico, right? When, when you think of good wines. And fortunately, I don't know if you saw recently, USA Today did a poll on best wine regions in North America. Mm -hmm. And Valle de Guadalupe came out at number two. So I'm really number excited about Number two that. people. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the number first one, one was, Napa? You know what? I wish I could remember. No, number one, Napa wasn't even in the top five. I don't, <gasps> I don't think. Um, <laughs> well, not when I checked, it was kind of going up and down. But when I saw the results, I, it was some, what was it? It was like maybe a wine region in New York or something. I don't remember. It was something that I hadn't even heard of, mm -hmm. but apparently USA Today readers like, <laughs> I don't know. But I thought it was really awesome that, you know, to, to name Valle de Guadalupe as a top spot in North America, like that's all of the United, it's basically it's competing with all of the United States and it's number two, so. That's awesome. And also what I like about Valle is that when you go to a wine tasting, 
like you mentioned with uh, the soil and the grapes and where they come from and the difference in taste and flavors, they sometimes they explain it to you and they say this versus a, a Spanish wine or this versus like an Argentinian wine or a Chilean wine. They're also yummy and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> they explain those differences right. to you, which is also awesome. It's yeah. not just, oh, us, 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 we're the best. They're right. like, no, 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 there's no, no, I think that. You know, I'm, a ball, I'm all about equality and I yes. enjoy a bottle of wine from anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I also am the first to promote the hospitality and warmth that comes anytime you're traveling anywhere throughout Mexico. Mm -hmm. So take good wine and good food and then pair it with like amazing hospitality. It's really awesome when you have a wine, a winemaker there explaining the process and, and the differences or even the sommeliers or servers that come out to help. Mm -hmm. They're very knowledgeable and it's not just, you know, their job. It's something that they're really passionate about, something that, that I think is, is different than other regions that maybe you know, you think of like wine snobs and, and they don't, they don't explain. It's kind of like their club of this is my deliciousness and it's good and you should know why it's good. I find that at least the wineries that I work with are very educational and because mm -hmm. the region is so new to the world, they take that extra moment to explain the process, the grapes, the tastes. And, and as a consumer, you know, it, it's, it's great. You fall in love with it even more. It tastes yeah. great, but you know, I like exactly. that old saying, the shake of the host determines the taste of the roast. It just tastes oh so much better. <laughs> the shake of the host determines the, the taste, taste of, the roast. of the roast. I love it. That's wonderful. Yeah. And very true. And speaking of hospitality and your Twitter. <laughs> okay. You tweeted a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, a Wall Street Journal article online that uh, the headline was, for black women in wine, the industry has been inhospitable. So I think that's, that's also, I never thought about it, you know? Yeah. And I don't think about it also, it being a matter of color. It's just mm -hmm. wine to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's sad that again, we have this bad spotlight or whatever on this and that- On the racism, even, right? <laughs> yeah, and that they yeah. can't even enjoy a glass of wine for God's sakes. That particular article that you're talking about, yeah. um, she's a sommelier business owner and you know gets overlooked um, by a lot of the, uh, not just customers that come into her shop, but like even industry, industry happenings, right? Like I think it talked about a conference where yes, the master sommelier like needed to be called master. Master, <laughs> and, and you're like, no one, really? Yeah, and no one like found that to be maybe offensive to, you know, African Americans or the black community. So, yeah, I think just like in every other every other industry right now is a time of self-reflection and, you know, seeing where we can make those changes to be more inclusive and more I don't know. I I think inclusive is is the right word, like equitable, right? We want to make sure everybody is represented. We want to make sure everyone feels comfortable and has the same kind of opportunities and I think she was very brave to speak up and, and she actually ended up starting a nonprofit for people of color in, in wine and spirits. So oh, that's, uh, oh, spirits. We love spirits. Mm, yeah, I love spirits. <laughs> They're dangerous, delicious, but dangerous. <laughs> yeah, everything in moderation, Alejandra. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm going to link this. Um, I'm going to include a link uh, to this article in the episode notes. And uh, cool. it says that you need a subscription. I just clicked on the thing. I mean, subscribe <laughs> right if you can. Subscribe You're such a pirate, yeah. Of and course. it's also on my Twitter feed. I'm Tony. You tweets. 
for your listeners? Yeah, I'm also going to include that link, guys. So okay, cool. Make sure to read the description so you can get all the scoop. Pocho uh, Socialite, tell me about that. And well, let's start with Pocho. What is Pocho? Yeah, so a pocho is, literal definition is an Americanized Mexican. So it's someone like me, basically, you know, um, I'm actually first generation American born in the USA from Mexican parents from mm -hmm. Tijuana. So there's a ton of people that are like you and I, you know, that were Americanized basically because while we were brought up with the culture and heritage of Mexico, we also fit into the U.S. system <laughs> and the U.S. form of being. So like I'm perfectly bilingual in both languages. And so the term pocho, to get back to your point, has used to have a really negative connotation, right? So when, mm -hmm. when people called you a pocho, it was a bad thing. It was like you were a watered down Mexican or, <laughs> <laughs> or not like American enough. Yeah, American, totally. 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 You know? totally. Um, it's, it's a so, hybrid, right? Yeah, it's a hybrid. And in the past, I think it was a difficult thing for people to admit to. Again, it was like a, it was a, a bad slang term that you would call yeah. somebody. So I took that term and I said, no, that's, there's nothing wrong with being part of both cultures and communities. Like yeah. that is what I am. Yeah. So I'm going to own it, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I love, I love it. I love talking about this. I feel it's just, it's like our bread and butter. It's our everyday. And a lot of people, again, uh, me being from Tijuana, but yes, going back and forth, going back and forth is uh, I lived in Mexico city and people in Mexico city would discriminate me. And it would yeah. be like, you're not Mexican. You're a boy right. on both yeah. sides. Right. You know, it's that, that scene from Selena, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're not good enough for the Americans. You're not good Mexican enough for the Mexicans. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I live in Mexico. I'm Mexican. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? That, that happens. A lot of people don't know, but yeah, Tijuana is not viewed as part of Mexico because it's not colonial or, you know, we didn't have like a conquistador walking through, <laughs> you know, our streets. It's a very young city and we don't have, let's say those perks to, you know, for lack of a better word. And we're also, uh, our generation, well, you're obviously, you're younger. <laughs> well, I mean, Way younger. Not by much. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of like our generation is most, most of us are, are completely bilingual. And mm -hmm. that was a thing, you know, you, you just learned both languages and, and that was it. So saying how lucky are we, right? How we I'm so grateful to we have are. been raised this way. Me too. And, um, well, my mom, my mom's always like, you're welcome. I'm like, okay, mom, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was like, it was always, yeah, my mom, my mom spoke Spanish, my dad spoke English and that's how, how it was. But also I have to say, and I don't know if this has happened to you, and then we'll get back to what your social life. I digress. But uh, I, I don't know if you got this, but I would get this all the time. To this day, I would get it. And they would be like, you're Mexican. You look Mexican. You sound Mexican. But uh, why do you speak English so well? I would yeah, get that I in still San get it. Diego all the time or crossing the border. They would ask me, the officials, why do you, but with this like smirk. And they would be like, 
Because I studied, dude. That's why I Because I know, learned it. <laughs> you know, I learned it just like you learned it too. So what's the problem? And yeah. and that that that's always something that it was we it was frowned upon with us too. Like it was like, oh, you have an ulterior mo- ulterior motive, or you know, you were raised in a tunnel, or you smuggled, <laughs> or you know, you were here illegally, and that's why you know. And no, you can learn a yeah. language. You know, anyone can learn it and not be in the exactly and not. <laughs> necessarily in the territory where the language is spoken hello right so, yeah. just like you know those people who took french in high school you, totally. you could learn any other language if you really want to yeah i i still get that actually and it's interesting because you know on my wine tours i cater to the u.s demographic so a lot of southern californians occasionally i get international travelers um but we when we launched we our starting point is San Diego. Right now, due to COVID and restrictions, you know, we're not able to do it from San Diego, but um, it, it adds a, a level of security and you know, people feel good that I'm able to communicate with them in English. And then sometime down by the second, maybe third winery, when they've got enough liquor in them, they start asking those personal questions, you know? <laughs> So how did you become bilingual or why is your English so good? (laughs) Because I'm from San Diego. That's why, you know. Exactly. I went to school here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And actually now the opposite happens in at the wineries when I'm talking to the winemakers and the different people, the service industry professionals down there, they're like, Español es muy bueno. You know, they, like you're, you're Spanish, you don't sound like you're from the United States. And I'm like, yes, I do. Thank you. First of all, let's be realistic. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm Mexican. And and then it's been, it's quite a compliment when Mexicans, you know, mistake me for full Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mexico is also very on that. It's yeah. very funny because, I mean, I don't know, my husband is Persian and he looks Persian. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, when I met him, I was, he's like, guess where I'm from? And I'm like, I'm somewhere down, down in the map somewhere <laughs> because, oh, you know, yeah, exactly. And, and he's like, well, in growing up in San Diego, everybody tells me that I look Mexican. And I'm like, mm. I don't think so, dude. But we, when, we, <laughs> when we've been from out of, you know, out of uh, TJ that we've been closer to Mexico City and stuff like that. Yes, the Mexicans there are like, you're Mexican, ¿por qué no hablas español? You know, and What's they, wrong with you? they him. They, yeah, <laughs> they scold him. Yeah. And then they, and he would get you know, mad, but then he would be self-conscious and be like, why are you guys so mean? I'm not even one of you guys. <laughs> exactly. And and then he would say, because I'm not Mexican, okay? I'm not. I'm yeah. Persian. And they'd be like, no, you look like my cousin, yo. No, you're you're Mexican, you know? So we're like that. We're, we're very like, yeah, proud in that sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool. It's, it's quite a blessing, like I said, to be, you know, part of both communities and, totally. and just going back to the pocho sentiment, like um, the, the second word there in my brand, it's pocho socialite. And the second part is about being a socialite, about being out there, about having a good time. And yeah. when people hear the word socialite, they think of someone like Paris Hilton, you know, or, yeah, or exactly. something That's like what that. You associate, exactly. Yeah. So um, I thought it was a fun juxtaposition to do, you know, a word that's so has such a negative connotation mm-hmm. um, with a word like socialite that people like almost aspire to be. And so that's why I came up with Pocho Socialite. And it's basically celebrating your bicultural lifestyle. And I will say that while the idea and the blog has been around for a long time in more of a dormant state, 
during this pandemic, I was able to get back to it and start producing things like tangible things, goods, clothing that people can, um, can get behind and literally sport their pride. So that's kind of where I am right now. (laughs) Sporting the pride. I love it. Yes. And well, we're on a podcast right now and you follow us. We (laughs) upload the episodes, the YouTube, the zoom calls on YouTube a couple of weeks later after, after the episode episode uh, airs drops. Exactly. And uh, he's wearing right now uh, uh, his merch. Yes, I love it. It's Mexican as of. (laughs) Yeah, Mexican as F or AF, as the kids like to say. Um, This is a cap that just, again, I'm I'm proud of my heritage. And I came up with just putting it on black on black and black and gray and just some of my favorite color combinations. This was probably the first thing that I did and people got behind it. This actually the original one right here just happens to be next oh, to me. Nice. Um, and <laughs> yes. people were like, where'd you get that? And yeah. I'm like, I made it. Yeah. And so when people started asking me if they could have one, I started thinking a little bit bigger. And that's when, you know, I started making more of the, the different colors and the different styles. Um, there's a dad hat. There's a regular classic snapback. And then this summer I came up with my first like actual design. So I made a little cactus yeah. <laughs> did you see that one yes <laughs> so, el nopal en la frente. Exactly. That's like another cultural connotation yeah. that's your mexican culture 101 for you <laughs> yeah so mexican cultural connotations or or this what do we call it a saying when, yeah it's a saying that's also we scold a lot but yeah we do around, <laughs> we're bullies we're bullies yeah. but, but but it's just it's cultural it's we, exactly we do it in a loving way so um yeah we Lots have this trauma thing. There, huh? <laughs> it's based on trauma people because we were conquered by the spaniards right and our identity yeah. all over the place so so that's why right uh and we're trying we're trying we're trying to reach we're trying to get it back we're trying to get our native i wish yeah. we, we spoke the languages that you know territory wise we should speak like i don't know bye bye or uh whatever our, uh, yeah our, our group is but uh right yeah, so el nopal en la frente is a very popular saying in Mexico, which means that you are very authentic looking, very Mexican looking. Right? <laughs> when and you look so Mexican, that the literal so translation Mexican. is yeah. there's a cactus growing on your forehead or the cactus is showing, like your cactus is showing. <laughs> showing, exactly, which yeah. is great with the, um, the, the American, you know, the U.S. stereotype in the movies that it, when you go to Mexico, it's like dirt, a cactus, yeah. and like a fat <laughs> drum right. next right, to it, right. right? So it's really appropriate <laughs> with the merch, and right. that's what so, you used, right? Exactly. So yeah, I designed um, that little cactus that's it's using you know my favorite again my favorite color combination um and i called it the nopal en la frente collection and came out with you know the dad hats the snapbacks all the different the beanies threw it online threw it on etsy and it's been honestly it's it's shocking to me that so many people are getting behind it and are sporting it like i i see the the orders that are coming in and it's like they're shipping out to texas and florida and san francisco and and like a lot of these people, I'll have to admit, the majority of the first wave of, of customers was friends, you know, and people I personally know. But now it's complete strangers that just identify with being bicultural or 
that understand and know the saying of el nopal en la frente. And it's kind of like poking fun at yourself, but being proud of the fact that, you know, you do look that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, exactly. I guess my whole theme is just, you know, authenticity and spreading that the joy of who you are and what you have and making sure that others are able to experience it and enjoy it, whether it's, you know, you personally and your personality or, you know, the things that are at home, like the wine community <laughs> that I keep exactly. talking about and getting to know our culture, our cuisine, our music. Music is really big for me too. Oh yes, the playlists. You have playlists that you share. Yeah, so <laughs> Pocho Socialite has a, a plug-in on Spotify where, you know, I do this thing called Tony's 20 every month or so mm -hmm. where I update the playlist with just new music and not just new, like the newest new, but just like new additions, I should say, to the playlist of both classic, new, English, Spanish, just multi-genre. It's everywhere, honestly, um, because I feel like that's the way we are, right? I like we're yeah. so complex, but, but also simple at the same time. Like you will sure. hear some drake in there you know of course <laughs> but, yeah but you'll I also have some rap. dinamita <laughs> and you'll yes. get some cristian yeah. nodal uh, yeah. if you like regional and yeah i don't like know, it I, <laughs> <laughs> well i'm also throwing in there those weird collaborations like um there's a banda msa and snoop dog that came out this summer oh jesus lord okay for me that's yeah, the apocalypse but because i'm old so <laughs> but i'll give it a try i'll give it a try I'll give try it a try yeah 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 it's a fun playlist. And, and again, like, I think it's part of the culture. It's part of like um, the identity and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. It's one of the things that's kept me busy during this stay at home order, <laughs> you know, and during the pandemic um, and it's kept me busy in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you can get it on Etsy. We'll, we're also going to link it on there and I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to start choosing to get my gear. Go yeah, and be part of all those people that are sporting. I could see you in one of the dad hats. The yes! girls are getting dad hats. The guys yes! are getting snapbacks. Yeah. Um, and I saw one girl who's a friend of mine. She got a beanie, and I was like, "Wow, she's ready for winter." Yeah. <laughs> We're like in the middle of a heat wave. So cute. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna get my my nopal en la frente. Tu marketing. That's another yeah. one because you're very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, you have to. In the, yeah, you have to. So what's, what's, what's that? That's, that's your marketing, your expertise on there. So what, what's that about? Yeah, so I, uh, about three years ago, lost my job in, in the advertising world. And I think mm -hmm. you and I met in PR, right? Way yes. back in the days. Way um, back in the so day. I've always been into like PR, marketing. Um, my public relations, like time shifted into digital just because I wanted to grow and understand like actual views and clicks and you know in, in PR it's a lot of handshaking and smiling at the agency that I was working with it was difficult to well when I was learning how to calculate ad value it was it seemed to me very old school <laughs> mm -hmm. and especially working with traditional media so in digital I was able to learn you know data and analytics to make sure that people's budgets in advertising are being spent wisely and when I left or when I was pushed out of that industry, um, I launched my own concept and I started taking on my own customers. And basically, to be quite honest with you, even my, my last year or so at my, my last employment, like full-time employment, felt very empty to me on a like soul sucking level. Like it was okay. like, it just, I was working with some of the biggest brands in the industry, actually, like some of the, you have these brands at home, 100% of you do. Everyone listening has these brands at home. 
And to me, those brands did nothing to contribute to our existence on earth. Like they were just depleting the earth of all of its natural resources and then counting on someone like me and the agency I worked with to sell more of it and put it in people's bodies, you know, this, Mm. this poison. So as the clients got bigger and bigger, while that's any like marketer's dream, to me, it started becoming a nightmare. And when I launched through marketing, by the way, through are my initials. It also means yours. Oh my God, <laughs> I just figured it out. I'm slow that way. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so the TU are my initials, but it also speaks to the fact that my previous experience was in US Hispanics. So I've always worked with multicultural marketing campaigns and even in PR. I think we met at the Latino Film Festival, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing, you know, I was a reporter and yeah. we were I was uh, doing PR. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, just working with the Latino community, I feel at home. And it's weird because I kind of evolved to be there. Like I saw that there was an opportunity and really a need for professionals like you and I to step in and be able to help tell the story in an authentic way. So that's kind of where I was with through marketing. I landed a couple of exciting clients and customers, but a lot of it also is like helping new entrepreneurs and business owners that are people of color have the same kind of opportunities and the same kind of education that maybe their competitors were privy to and they were not. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of through marketing and, and how it launched. Um, I continue to have a couple of just, I would say two biggish clients <laughs> regionally. Again, these are companies that I, I believe in. They're, they're centered around health and well-being and again, doing good for the community. And I could see that their contributions are, are local. You know, they stay here. And again, that's one of my main objectives in life. Just I want to be of service at a local level, at a regional level. Um, and I think if more people were to behave in that manner, then we would have a better world, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> we, totally. We fix, yeah, we can't fix the world. There isn't going to be one big thing to fix the it's, earth. It's little um, by little each it's person. It's going to be all of our little tiny things that are going to mm-hmm. contribute to a better place to live. Mm-hmm. And and that's my dream. That's my goal. Through there, I've been fortunate enough to become an educator. Um, so I was identified by USD as a, um, as what did they call them? Area expert? I can't remember what they call it. There's a term, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, I became an instructor there. So now I'm also helping other, you know, entrepreneurs and students learn the ropes about marketing and whatnot. So, so it's, it's, yeah, like you were saying, I'm, I'm kind of everywhere (laughs) at all times. That's awesome. That's cool. And sharing your experience and your knowledge. It's a dream. It's a dream come true. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It has its things as with everything, but it also oh, yeah. has nice. Purpose. It's not easy. And I know you and I have talked about this before, oh, like, especially being an entrepreneur. I know yeah. like you, you were consulting for a long time and still are. You got to figure out where your next paycheck is coming from. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's a lot of work, a lot of managing your systems and making mm-hmm. sure that you're being efficient and using your time right. A lot of learning, a lot of learning. And I don't like to discourage people from being entrepreneurs, but I want to make sure that they understand that it's going to be a hard process. It's not for the week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> not for the week. There's just such a beautiful, easy path laid out for everyone who wants to take the easy, I, well, I shouldn't even call it easy, but like the traditional, traditional path of, you know, yeah. school, work, retire, yeah. like 
employment. If you want to do retire. that traditional employment yeah. route, it's, yeah. it seems really nice and it has benefits. <laughs> it's, it's like a schedule. I was talking to one of my friends who's worked um, like forever. I would love to have said that I worked at some place for 20 years or whatever. I'm coming up on that age where my friends got out of college, got that job, and they have that job to this day, right? Wow. And it's 19, 20, 22 years. Again, we're getting all that age. And, you know, they have a ton of, uh, like you said, benefits, accumulated benefits mm -hmm. now. And it's, it's, it's the year is already spread out and planned out. Yeah. You know, this campaign is coming for, you know, this month. And then you take a vacation on this time. <laughs> and so they also can, and if they have kids, it's like this money is allocated pool and supplies and blah, blah, blah. And then this money is allocated for vacation and then sometimes we're going to do local sometimes we're going to do international sometimes and they have it all planned out and that is the advantage of doing that and then you have retirement money say that say yeah that, which for us <laughs> retirement is kind of like a foreign word right of the language yeah. that we don't speak <laughs> right so it's it's kind and of for so to... many people not just you and i but like for so many of oh, our yeah, listeners yeah, and so totally. many people you have to figure you it will out have to you figure have it out to... <laughs> yeah i i've been going on i know nothing about stocks i know nothing about you know the market and doing and playing around with that and i'm trying to get into it and you know trying to have some money saved yeah. for the near future. I mean, it's not even that <laughs> far sometimes I think about You're getting too serious on me with all this adulting. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the part. It's adulting, seriously. But it's also, mm -hmm. it's also good and it's very freeing and, and, and you can venture out and do all types of things that, that you wanted to do and you didn't have the chance to do, you know. Adulting. Speaking of adulting, I'm going to throw a curveball at you because... Let's do it. <laughs> So uh -huh. the title of the podcast is from another zero, right? Mm -hmm. So, which we've talked about it because Tony, I love Tony for various uh -huh. reasons, obviously, <laughs> but that Tony is one of uh, like my podcast advisors, right? So I <laughs> is have, that, is uh, that what you're calling it? Yes, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Well, I have my advisors, like my board, <laughs> because, <laughs> because in the podcast in Espanol, Desde Otro Cero, uh, one of my friends, the advisor on that side, always says the From Another Zero Enterprises. <laughs> He's like, yeah. being a part of From Another Zero Enterprises, I have to say, one, two, three, <laughs> right? So with Tony, we talked about the From Another Zero aspect and how it's a reset, a restart, but that you can't just do it from zero because you have all this, the, all this experience that you've gathered. So it just can't be just from zero. It has to be from another zero. One that's very, um, you have like a little booster, I, I, I should say, you yeah. know, or something like that. So you're not just starting from scratch. It's, it has a, an essence and a meaning already. So we ask our guests what their other zeros have been. Like, what is your from another zero or zeros, plural? You know, it's just, it's such a tough question. <laughs> once you, <laughs> once you ask it, I was yeah. like, you know, I, I, was, I knew this question was coming too. Why didn't I think about the answer? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Like just going back to the, the point that I think from another zero means like this is the first time I got this visual. But like if you think about your development in education, like when you live your first day of kindergarten, my nephew just started Montessori school. So like he had his first day 
and it was really exciting. And then I remembered like you're, there's going to be a first day of kindergarten as well. And then there's a first day of middle school and all of those are new zeros. But just to your point, none of those are from zero. You don't go back to pre-K, you know, at each one of those building on each of the previous zeros, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the way it, it yeah. came to me this time. Like it's, it's like you've gained and acquired so much knowledge and now you start all over and here we go. It's another zero. For me, I just thinking about it big picture um, and kind of at a micro level at the same time, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I feel like every morning is your new zero. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a lot of things that, are changing day by day as, as you're, as you know, with, with this weird time that we're living through, but every morning and every moment you get to choose how you are going to not just react, but actually like stri- strive to how you're going to plan to, to be right. And I think that that's like the magic of this moment is that we're becoming more self-reflective. If you're doing this pandemic, right, <laughs> you're learning more about yourself more about your relationships, whether that's your partner, your parents, your kids, your coworkers. And we're able to every day reset in a way that feels comfortable and hopefully is, is fostering growth at a both interpersonal and professional level for everyone. And again, like it, it sounds kind of like a cop-out, but I think that that is the other zero. Like this morning I woke up and I was looking forward to this, you know, and, and I had... I had deadlines that I had to get through and finish, but every day is a new day and there's just so many opportunities out there. Um, And reaching out for one of those opportunities and making it a part of your dream and then working towards it um, can be done on a daily basis. And that's why I have so many projects going on at the same time, you know, because I just decided like, hey, that's, that looks like a new cool opportunity and it's definitely another zero. Totally. That's good. I love it. And what your other zeros behind supporting you. I love yeah, it. So many, so many. That <laughs> that's why, that's why we asked again, this was an idea from a listener that was like, why don't you ask? And I was like, that's right. Why didn't I ask? Okay. Uh, and it's totally great because everybody sees it from their zero. <laughs> right, from their right. other zero. So I love, I love the concept. And um, also we asked people of a mom and pop shop that you like to go visit support so maybe they can do the same and yeah. uh, a cause a cause so we so can learn about I'll start with the cause because 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we launched as Baja Wine Tour for a cause and mm-hmm. the cause was what is now known as We Support You so look into We Support You I love the director her name is Berta Tiznado I don't know if you're familiar with her but she's done such wonderful things um, over the years. And that organization has has had a couple of different iterations. When I first started working with them, or my mom started working with them, they were called Why Me? Was that the name of it? Why Me? Mm-hmm. Um, with the letter Y. But they totally changed their branding and like the perception of like, I was given cancer, you know, and kind of almost victim. It sounded like a victim. And now it's like, we support you. It became like this network of support for each other. And she's been hustling for so long in this area. And they have a 5k that they do every year to, to raise funds. And again, like my company wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for that nonprofit. So look into them, shoot them some bucks, you know, if you can follow them on social, we support you. They're from San Diego. Cool. Nice. And a mom and pop. 
So this one I'm having a really hard time with because I have a lot of favorite places in both San Diego and California. Yeah, well, that's what I'm, I think that's what I'm going towards. Instead of supporting one, I will say that it's time for people to discover all of the ma and pa winemakers that are in Valle de Guadalupe. Uh So if I haven't put a bug in your ear yet, (laughs) I will explicitly say, get down to Valle de Guadalupe. There's a lot of people there that um, this is their livelihood, you know? Um, a lot of the smaller production houses don't have production houses. Is that the, in Spanish, it's Casas de Vino, right? <laughs> I tried to translate it. Anyway, houses, they're, they're still producing wine and it's yeah. amazing stuff. And it's, Singing you know, right it, mm-hmm. some of them are so small that they're not exporting. They don't have the capabilities mm-hmm. to get it yeah. to the United States. Mm-hmm. So if you can get down there and buy a couple bottles, you're gonna be not just having a great time, but you're gonna be supporting a lot of their dreams as well. Oh, that's awesome. And then who? <laughs> who, who are these? Yeah. Man, so many, so many. Honestly, you can, it's kind of like, it's equivalent to driving around San Diego looking for, you know, beer producers or craft beers. It's kind yeah. of the same thing. Like there's just so many concentrated into that one area. So you can literally just drive around and find new ones. You can go onto our Instagram, Baja Wine Tour, <laughs> and see the ones that we're supporting and working with. Uh-huh. Or hey, shoot me a message and I'm happy to, you know, share with you our knowledge. Awesome. I see what you did there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. Well, I love this. I think we've had a wonderful conversation and we touched upon various things, which makes me very happy. I think that you are a wonderful person and professional that people need oh, to know. You. People <laughs> need to, yeah, have you, uh, again, with the olden references on the Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be on anybody's Rolodex. I'm super grateful to be on the show with you. I'm a really big fan of yours and all the work that you do. And I want to say thank you for putting this platform, uh, for giving people this platform, um, yeah. especially w- in the themes of, you know, equality and, and just, I mean, I, I honestly, I saw this late of who you've had on the show mm-hmm. and they're all arts, arts education. And, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything in the arts. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's culture, my friend. But it's it sure culture. is culture, you so, know, um, yeah. wine, food, drinks, even, even the culture of being an entrepreneur, which you are, and you know, thank you for sharing that with the world and for having me be a part of it. Yay. I'm so glad. I'm very happy. And I, like I say with, you know, our guests, this is a people that I admire that I want to learn more of and the audience to learn more as well. And, you know, to open up conversations, this is not necessarily something that has to be all happy pappy and you know we can talk about everything this is an open and safe space and yeah that's that's it i wish the i wish you the best and again this is your home come back anytime and yeah we need to go drink some wine yeah let's do it (laughs) thank you so much alejandra of course take care I love doing this podcast. I hope you love this episode as much as I did. And like Tony said, if we put the bug in you for Valle de Guadalupe and all our Mexican Culture 101, (laughs) it was really exciting. Again, very grateful. And also, I'm grateful because we hit the 100 
thousand view mark on our blog from another zero.com zero with number thank you thank you for the support tell people you know tell your friends tell your family like us on facebook at from another zero zero with number instagram at from another zero zero with number and follow along on our youtube channel you've guessed it from another zero i am alejandra enciso dardashti and here we just don't start from zero we start from another zero until next time